Welcome to the AJ Bucon Podcast for January 29th, 2020. This episode is entitled Mercy, Just Mercy. Uh, the song that we started off with tonight um, is by a group called Me in Motion. Um, it's from a, a CD um, that they had back in uh, June of 2010. Uh, the name of the song is Seek Justice, Love Mercy. And that is what I'm talking about here today. I'm going to talk about um, a very popular book that we read uh, in class um, and the follow up movie that came from it. I have a nice interview with one of my students who uh, saw the movie as well. And um, we're going to talk about that and uh, talk a little bit about Catholic Schools Week here in Wheeling, West Virginia. Catholic Schools Week is uh, nationally recognized uh, every year. It runs from January 26th until January 31st. And it really is a week uh, during which uh, the different schools, whether it be grade schools or high schools, uh, they celebrate all that they do throughout the year and everything that, that really makes um, attending a, a Catholic school a unique and unique and rich experience for uh, young people and as well as their families. And so this week at Central Catholic High School here in Wheeling, uh, we have all different kinds of activities going on. Um, I think on Monday we had, a, it was called Masterpiece and Milkshakes, uh, an activity that was put together and held in the cafeteria during lunch, uh, during which students did some painting um, with a, CC logo and uh, they had um, milkshakes or floats uh, there for them. So it was kind of a nice um, celebratory experience to kind of kick off the week. And then throughout the week, we do different activities. And um, on Friday, we'll have a big uh, pep rally at the end of the day um, to kind of celebrate and tie everything up for us. Um, today, uh, today, my classes, uh, or all the English classes at Central wrote thank you notes to uh, teachers or um, other educators, other uh, staff 
that they may have known throughout their time in schools, um, whether it was at high school or grade school, uh, they, we wanted to take a moment to just express our gratitude um, to these people uh, for having been so influential in our lives. And so all my students today wrote, wrote these really nice notes, and the bulk of them were delivered around the school uh, throughout the day, or they were left in mailboxes. But we had uh, we had a nice handful that that is also going to be delivered throughout the diocese. And I think it's a, a good opportunity sometimes when we are celebrating um, the good things that we have, the, that we express our gratitude uh, to the people who have made the moments in our lives uh, that, that much special, much more special. So yeah, happy, um, happy Catholic schools week. Or I think today in one of my classes, we were, someone said, Hey, do we call it Mary, Mary, um, Catholic schools week? I said, no, I think it's happy. I think it's happy. So we're, we always have some interesting discussions in class, but anyhow, um, the big focus of this episode is a book, uh, that we have read in my classes for the past four or five years. It's entitled Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. Uh, there is a movie that has been released uh, at the beginning of the year, this the 2020 uh, year, that is based on the book. And uh, we have spent um, a lot of time in class talking about the book, writing about the book, and, and kind of looking at some of the messages that he has uh, throughout this incredible novel. Um, What's unique about it to me is he addresses many of the injustices in the criminal justice system, not only on a, in terms of um, racial inequities, but also uh, wealth inequity. When we have um, people who are poor and uh, have no means of um, attaining a, a really uh, prestigious law firm or someone to represent them. And they're, they're kind of in situations that we hope that we never uh, find ourselves in. Um, and unfortunately, it, it does happen throughout the country. And Stevenson paints a, a, an incredible picture of what his experiences have been. And I found the, the book extremely compelling, but it also has some messages in it that resonate uh, beyond the message of the book about the inequities of the the criminal justice system. Um, it's an excellent book. I would encourage you to read it if you've never uh, read the book. Um, I want to share with you uh, my blog post from 2016. It's one of the first ones that I did. Um, it's about the book. I had just finished up school and I read the book very quickly. It was. It's one of those books. It's a quick read, but it's a fascinating, in-depth look um, at its topic. But it really inspired me to do one of my first blogs. And this is uh, one that I'd like to share with you right now. Broken from Monday, June 13th, 2016. I have sorted my files, stored the glue sticks and scissors, discarded all memos about meetings, placed the chairs atop the tables and locked the door behind me. Another school year is over and I am ready to recharge my batteries. Anticipating the summer, I had built a stack of books I have been wanting to explore but never found time or energy to read amidst the essays, practice AP tests, or student projects that grew uncontrollably from the bottom of my in-basket on my desk during the school year. As most people tend to, 
I choose books which open doorways to worlds beyond mine. Some of the worlds can be wildly fantastical while others are starkly realistic. Brian Stevenson's Just Mercy captured my attention one evening as I was exploring Amazon for books that would pique my interest. This book made it to the top of the stack immediately. Maybe it was the subtitle, A Story of Justice and Redemption, that intrigued me. Brian Stevenson is an attorney who founded the Equal Justice Initiative, an organization which challenges the justice system's punishment and treatment of the poor and disenfranchised. This group has advocated for people wrongly condemned to death, as well as young people who were tried as adults that were sentenced to life in prison. Throughout Just Mercy, Brian Stevenson reconstructs one of his first cases as a lawyer, confidant and friend to Walter McMillan, a man condemned to die for a murder he did not commit. The novel is more than just the account of McMillan. It is the account of a young lawyer who found his purpose in life while exploring the meaning of justice and mercy. I always use little sticky notes to mark passages for, as I explained to my students, quote, overarching themes, insights that extend beyond the text to connect to the audience or to make a larger point beyond the context of the book. One day I may actually stop doing this. I firmly planted that first sticky note on page 14 during Stevenson's introduction to the true stories he was about to recount. Stevenson begins his novel by establishing his motivation for taking his path in life. He recalls when his grandmother imparted a message to him one after one of her numerous everlasting hugs. She says, you can't understand most of the important things from a distance, Brian. You have to get close, she told me, all the time. This is what Stevenson does throughout Just Mercy. He brings readers in from a distance to tell us Walter McMillan's story, Marcia's story, Charlie's story, and a story which I found incredibly heartbreaking, that of Joe Sullivan, a severely mentally disabled man who was convicted at age 13 of sexual battery and was sentenced to life in, adult, in an adult prison without the chance of parole. By the age of 39, he was confined to a wheelchair and is still in prison. I could not help but get close to these people through Brian Stevenson's passionate and brave efforts to help them. I have to admit there were times when I asked myself if all of these stories could possibly be true, but unfortunately they are. I found myself personally researching many of the people Stevenson includes in the book in an attempt to discover what eventually became of them. We are all bodies of broken bones. Stevenson references this Thomas Merton quote, then reflects himself. We are all broken by something. We have all hurt someone and have been hurt. We all share the condition of brokenness, even if our brokenness is not equivalent. I desperately wanted mercy for Jimmy Dill and would have done nothing to create justice for him. But I couldn't pretend that his struggle was disconnected from my own. The ways in which I have been hurt and have hurt others 
are different from the ways Jimmy Dill suffered and caused suffering, but our shared brokenness connected us. Brian Stevenson's book has taken me on this unexpected and thoughtful journey, helping me close the distance between my life and the broken people Stevenson encountered throughout his mission in life. It is important that all of us take time and energy to close the distance with others, for that is the only way we can make a difference in the world. So let me give you a little bit of um, context for this next segment that's coming up. One of my plans this year is I knew I had heard that they were creating a movie based on the book. And I thought, well, let's go ahead and get the book read first semester and we can uh, hopefully um, maybe I'll go to see the movie on the weekend or something like that. I think it'd be a nice class activity. Um, didn't always work out. It didn't work out the way that I wanted it to, but I know a lot of my students, um, have gone to see the movie and enjoyed it. And one of the students that actually went to see the movie is, uh, Adana Maltoni. And, uh, she agreed to sit down on the podcast and have a conversation about the book. And I, I think, you know, listening to this, it's a real, considering this is uh, Catholic schools week, it's a really great opportunity for a teacher and a student to kind of sit down and talk about a book and, kind of hash out whether the book is better than the movie or whether the movie is better the book better than the book or whether they both stand on their own as um, two uh, wonderful representations of the ideas that are being expressed um, on this topic. So this is uh, my discussion with Adana. Well, I would like to welcome a senior here at Central Catholic High School, Adana Maltoni. She is in my AP English class this year. Adana, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Great. Hey, um, this weekend you are among several people who went to see the movie Just Mercy. Yes. Uh, we've been talking about it in class. Well, we read the book in class. Yes, we did. Um, I think most people read it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I but know anyhow, I read it. I know you read it. I can tell that. Um, Tell me, what did you think about the book initially? What, what are your, some of your thoughts on it? And then maybe we can talk about the movie and see how it measures up. See, the book was really nice because the way that Brian Stevenson set it up, mm-hmm. he had the one chapter focusing on Walter McMillan, mm-hmm. but then the second chapter would focus on a different case that he right. was on. Mm-hmm. So it sort of offered like a different perspective on what his mindset mm-hmm. was going into Walter's case. Right. That didn't confuse you at all? Like, Not just... really. It would have been nice to have had even chapters, but mm-hmm. it gave it a much more rounded story overall. Right. Um, I like the book because, I, to me, that did work as I was reading it. I didn't have a problem following along and saying, okay, I see what he's doing. Because I think he, was, uh, he is laying out his case that he's making throughout the book uh, by doing it that way. And the narrative for Walter McMillian uh, Millen keeps you focused throughout the whole book. I think if he had just done a chapter, chapter, chapter about each different person, I don't think it would have had the staying power that having the alternating chapters gave to it. Um, 
Yeah, I thought it was, it's a fascinating book, extraordinarily well written. It really like, is. It, it, yeah, and I was a little bit, honestly, I was a little bit, when I first heard they were doing a movie about the book, I was like, ugh. Yeah. Because sometimes to me, books don't translate well to movies because yeah. I think when we read, like, it allows you to envision it, and sometimes yeah. when you go to see a movie, sometimes the producers or like the right. director doesn't see the book the way that it's meant to be right. seen. And even you, like when we read the book in class, let's assume we didn't even have a movie. Yeah. Like you're seeing the book with your perspective, and you're envisioning the characters in your mind, and you're related. You are relating to certain things that I may not be relating to. And so, to me, when you go into a movie, it's someone else's interpretation. Of the yeah. book. So I, I'll be honest, I was, I was excited to see it, but I was really skeptical about whether or not they could do um, Brian Stevenson's book justice. No pun yeah. intended, you know. So did you feel the same way or like when you were, you, I know you were excited about it, but did <laughs> you feel the same way? Well, see, my concern with it was that they weren't going to be able to cram everything that was mm -hmm. in the book right. into a two-hour movie right. because there's so much content in the book and mm -hmm. so many key events and people right. that it would take, honestly, for me, it'd probably take more than a day's worth of just straight right. film in order mm -hmm. to capture every single moment right. and all the emotions that are right. in the pages of the book. Right. And, and Stevenson does more in the book than simply just relating the stories. It's Absolutely. A, it's a philosophical um, discussion about what justice and what you know, capital punishment is and poverty and racism in the United States. And um, it's, it's actually eloquent in parts where it's, he's just not relating past events, and I, I worried about how they would do that in the, in the film and whether that would actually carry over. So it's interesting that you said that. So um, let's talk about the, the film. What'd you think? Honestly, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a very accurate representation of the mm -hmm. events that happened. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, yeah, you can read it in the book, mm -hmm. but it's a whole different story when you see it on the screen. You just you can really engulf yourself in the story, and the mm -hmm. emotions are just so much more right. potent than mm -hmm. if you were to read them off a page. Yeah, I agree. I, I'll be honest. I thought the first, I'm going to say the first third of the movie, well, first quarter of the movie, I didn't care for because I was like, oh, this isn't going to work for me because I, mm -hmm. I had such, I, I went in with a mindset like, I'm not going to like, I don't think I'm going to like this. And um, I think my curiosity about what the director is going to do with the book that I really enjoyed, I was very protective of it. I didn't want to see him, like, as we were talking about in class, like cherry picking things and putting them in the yeah. films. Like, oh, this is a good part, this is a good part, this is a good part. So I was afraid that was going to happen. And I was like, how are you going to do all of this? And I was really skeptical. And um, I had a hard time embracing the movie initially because I was not engaged in it at all. I was like, okay, I see this, I see this, and I was really critical. But I think about halfway through, probably about two, a third of the way through, it started to resonate a little bit more with me. Um, did, you feel, did you feel the same way or were you kind of connected right at the very beginning? See, for me, I, I love movies, so mm -hmm. I'm always interested in them right mm -hmm. away. The first part, it was more like an introductory phase to the movie, right. getting you set up in the situation. Mm -hmm. So I can agree with you, actually, right. that the first part was a little dry, but right. once you really started getting into like the meat and potatoes mm -hmm. of the movie, you, your attention was caught immediately. Right. Like, to me, and I, 
I could never make a movie, but I would have started, I would have liked the movie to have started. I, I didn't, they were on this little kind of, I don't know why they went back and like they were showing his family and everything. Because I was like, that, I don't recall that in the book. The only part that I remember in the book that was really meaningful to me were the conversations that he had with his grandmother, and those weren't in there. And I just thought that would have been a really interesting way to do that. Like, let's start off with, I don't know if you remember the scene where he the, said, there's always something special about you, you know, that part yeah. of the book. And the, he's mm-hmm. talking to his grandmother, and, like, all the children hear the same story, but, like, maybe have his grandmother and then him as a young boy talking about that and talking about, like, that bring, you know, you got to move closer to people to kind of frame that. Because I didn't think it just started off with the narrative, and that bothered me, bothers me a little bit about how they started that, because I thought that was a really great way to start, that it personalized it. And I didn't feel like it was personalized at the beginning for me. But as it went on, it, become much, it became much more personal to me. Yeah, there could have definitely been a little bit more background given on Stevenson himself mm-hmm. instead right. of just jumping headfirst right. into the movie. Mm-hmm. But it was nice, though, at the end, how they included, like, the real-life counterparts. Yes. Because mm-hmm. with documentaries, it's like you always wonder, you know, is that an actor mm-hmm. or is that a real person? Right. So being able to see the actors mm-hmm. and the, the real-life right. counterparts side by side, you can mm-hmm. see the similarities. Right, right. I agree with you. Um, yeah, it's, I, I thought Jamie Foxx was incredible with this. Um, it, it's a tough, to me, it's a tough part to play simply because having read, as I've read the book, I know there was so much more to what went on, and he did a really nice job conveying all those emotions and thoughts, even though, uh, of Walter McMillan, even if we didn't, the audience who maybe have never read the book, they wouldn't have known that. But yeah. as a reader, I knew that, and it, it did help. But I think it would have been interesting to watch the movie without having read the book to see if I had yeah. the same experience. Like, I knew, does that make sense? You know, oh, like, yeah, I've been definitely that. feeling that after the movies. Right. Like, you know, how much more enjoyable would right. this have been if I would have went in blind and yeah. not having yeah. read right. the book? Right, Because even at the end, it's like, the end, I, you know, you want it to end on a positive note. When he is, um, at, the end of the pris- at the end of the movie, when he is um, released, it, they, it's like they went on this tour, like it was all wonderful that everything happened. But in the book, I mean, he went through a lot of depression and everything, and it was just like it was his wife left him, and every, it was like a really sad story. There was a more of a tragedy because it was wasn't just about being released. Like when he was released, he was scarred for life from all of that, and I think that was a, a big thing that the film didn't capture. But I, I thought it was really it was really nicely done. I thought the courtroom scenes were really good. Um, who was the who played? Brian Stevenson. That was Brian one. Stevenson was played by Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, he was really good in this too. Um, the, what did you think of his performance? Honestly, I thought mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan was the perfect Brian Stevenson because mm-hmm. when they showed the pictures of him at the end of the young Brian, I swear Michael B. Jordan looked exactly right. like him. Mm-hmm. And it's nice, you know, that they're looking to see, you know, they're picking some famous names, but they're also trying to make sure that the similarities are there. Right. And I definitely see that in all of the actors. Mm-hmm. Like, we were talking about this. The guy who played Ralph Myers mm-hmm. looks oh. so much like the counterpart. Like, yes. even with the lip and yes. everything, that. it was absolutely you. perfect. Right. Now, there was a few questionable things, like the inclusion of Brie Larson's character, mm-hmm. which was the woman who was associated with Brian mm-hmm. Stevenson. She wasn't really mentioned in the book, 
But I saw what they were doing. They were kind of combining characters together mm -hmm. while keeping the key people still right. there. Right, right, Because the character I noticed that was missing was mm -hmm. Michael, mm -hmm. which was Brian's associate when he was talking with Walter. Right. And it was like, yeah, they were blurred together. This is what I thought. That as I was watching, I was like, because I knew Brie Larson was in this, and I don't, there's a lot of controversy around her and whatever. Yeah. Um, I think they they took her character, and I may and just I want to kind of talk to you about this. I think they took her character, and they made her us. I could okay. definitely see that. In, this, in the way that, like, she doesn't really in the movie. She doesn't progress the narrative at all. She has nothing to me. She has nothing to do with anything that's going on. No. She's just like there with Brian Stevenson, and kind of. You know, he's sort of like his support character. Yeah, support, and like she's almost <coughs> excuse me, she's almost us in this whole situation because it's like when you're watching her, even in the courtroom, and she's reacting to what's going on in the courtroom. I think it's how most people in the theater are reacting. Like, really, how is this even possible? And she's skeptical. And so, to me, they took a character. I think they mentioned her name in there, but there's no real development in the book. No, and um, but then just made her one of us and so it's like putting the audience member she represents the audience in that and um yeah i just the part i hated uh, can i say this oh, absolutely. okay spoilers in case you haven't seen it yet the um like when they're sitting by the lake or by the mississippi river and um and then she she's quoting to brian stevenson her character is something that he writes in the book that was just odd. I just wanted him to say that because it was like it was like she was like telling him who he is, but he does that himself by what I don't know. It just it was a little yeah. bit weird. It was mm -hmm. a weird scene to include. Yeah. I get it that he was Brian Stevenson was kind of like a little bit emotional, mm -hmm. but he was supposed to learn that on his own. He didn't need someone telling it to right. him. Right. Yeah, and that's that's the, my only thing about. It. I thought it was really it was a nicely done movie. I think it opened a lot of eyes um, to the issue that was going on with that. Um, is there anything that you, that you noticed that... See, I was talking with my mom about this, mm -hmm. actually. And it's like, after I finished reading the book, it was like, I, I, I was shook. Mm -hmm. But then yeah. it's like, I saw the movie, and it's like, everything changed. Because it's like, the way that it's worded, and how he presents the evidence, mm -hmm. this book is going to change the world for right. generations mm -hmm. to come. Right. Because it's shining light on like the cruel punishments mm -hmm. of prisoners. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, oh, I think it was like one every nine prisoners is mm -hmm. revealed to be innocent right. and then released. So it shows you how mm -hmm. messed up right. our justice system is today. Because, right. I mean, if we're putting that many pe innocent people mm -hmm. behind bars, right. something needs to be done. Let me ask, do you think that the movie expresses that better than the book does? I feel like the book is more straight facts, but when you get mm -hmm. to the movie, like I said earlier, it's more of that raw emotion, so mm -hmm. you can really okay. get the prisoner side of the story. Okay, that's fair. I, I'm going to disagree with you on that, because to me, it, this is one of my favorite books. Um, you know, I've read like four or five times. Um, it's hard to like not to see past it, because I'm like, you're never going to make the book into a perfect movie. It does a good job presenting the ideas, but I just, the book, if you enjoyed the movie, you should read the book because the book is more in-depth. 
it's more emotional than the movie to me because I, you know, the movie didn't always click with me in some parts. But the book is so much better than the movie. But having said that, how do you make a movie about this book? And the book, do, the movie does do the book justice and Absolutely. does a good job doing that. I just everyone should just read the book too. Oh, so yeah, see the movie and say, "Wow, I really like that movie." You know what? Then read the book because the book will move you more than the movie did. And that, that's what that's what my advice would be because that's I think this is a good example of a like I have a lot of students like we're reading this book in my standard English class. They're like, "Is there a movie about it?" It's like, no. Like we last year we did Boy Twenty One. Is there a movie about no? And like, yeah. why does there always have to be a movie about a book in order to enjoy it? And like to Absolutely. me, that's the hard part of sometimes being an English teacher. You know, we we talk about things all the time, and you want to read it, and you want people to experience it, but everyone's going to experience it in the same way. Yeah. And so to me, a movie is someone else presenting his or her ideas that way in a different creative format than a book. Because I think books, words stimulate ideas more than sometimes, I don't want to say that, that's not fair. I think images can stimulate ideas, I don't know. I want to backtrack on that. For me, I get more out of books than I tend to get out of movies, if that's fair. Yeah, I can see that. You know, I've seen that. some great movies, I don't know. Although, the, for me, there's definitely some books where you read, it's like, oh, they should make a movie out yeah, of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you look, it's like, no. Because yeah. yeah. it's like, it's one thing to read the words, but it's mm-hmm. another thing to see them in action. Right. Which is why so many people enjoy movies over books. Right. But sometimes you just got to get that that pure book experience yeah. to really understand what's going That's on. Fair. That's fair. All right. Well, I'm going to give you the last word here uh, during this section before I close off. So anything you want to mention about the book or the movie or anything that you want to let my audience, the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are listening to this podcast, this is your chance. It's a huge audience stretching across the country. Well, what I will say about this book is that as a black African, as an African-American woman, Mm -hmm. I related to Walter McMillan's struggles a lot more than probably the normal person mm-hmm. because it's like I've grown up in a place where it's like drugs and crime are mm-hmm. all around me. Right. And it's like to think just because of my color I could get arrested for something that I didn't do. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's a shocking thought. It really tells you, you know, wake up. This is what the world is like. Right. So I feel like if you want a different perspective on what life is, read the book and then definitely watch the movie mm-hmm. or if you want to see the movie blind and then enjoy the book more but honestly read the book yeah i agree I, yeah definitely read the book I, I agree with you thank you so much for sharing that thanks for being on the podcast today oh no problem Adana. i enjoyed it uh, i'm glad you had the, the chance to go see the movie and hope other people in the class take an opportunity to go and see the movie it's 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 definitely worth it if they finished up the whole book Definitely. All right. Thanks a lot. And that concludes the 11th episode of What's Up, Buddy. Thank you so much uh, for listening. I want to thank uh, everyone who has been listening to the podcast as the our listening numbers continue to rise a little bit, a little bit uh, at a time. But it, it, it's great to know that people are, are taking an interest in um, what I'm doing here. Um, I also want to thank everyone who has been uh, following uh, Time and Space at www.ajbucon.com. 
Hopefully I'll get a post up there at some point in time soon. So we'll see about that. Um, but again, I uh, want to recognize um, me in motion uh, for the song that, that opened this up. And please take a, take a, take some time. Uh, think, look at the world around you, see what's going on. Um, if you have an opportunity to read this book, it's an excellent book. I would encourage you to, to read it. It's Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. I'll put a link in the description for you in case you want to take a look at it. Um, and just, just let's have a, a, a good week, uh, a good day. Uh, and remember, most of all, if you do anything in this world, just make sure that you're being kind to people. Um, let's respect people, uh, be kind, uh, and show compassion. And thanks for listening. I'm gonna go